right. Thank you guys for listening to Nursing School Struggle Podcast today. I'm super excited for you. Um, I have Emma here, also uh, known as at Soulful Health Coach on Instagram. Um, today's episode is our first international episode. Um, we are recording, well, she's recording out of Australia, which is super cool, 16 hours ahead. So that took a while to uh, coordinate times. Um, Emma is an ICU nurse and a health coach. Her passion is to empower overwhelmed, burnt out nurses and emergency services uh, professionals. Today, Emma will uh, talk to us about uh, the signs of being burnt out and how we can cope with it and how we should be able to take care of ourselves. So hi, Emma. Good morning to you. Good morning. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, you're very welcome. Um, So I think a lot of people would be interesting to know what are some like what is the schooling to become a nurse in Australia and how it differs from um, here in the states yeah okay um so to become a registered nurse here um, it's a three-year university degree and there are other pathways into nursing uh, so you can become an enrolled nurse which involves a diploma, um, I believe it's about 18 months. And, oh. yeah, and then so an enrolled nurse uh, can then go on and do medication endorsement, IV endorsements, um, and can, yeah, be utilised in all settings of healthcare. So, um, and it's really only been, I'm not sure how many years, but it's fairly recent, I want to say like the last decade or a little bit more, that um, EMs have been able to do like IV endorsement and things like that. So um, it's great. It opens up a lot of um, pathways for them as well. Okay. So they're um, kind of similar yeah. to what we have in the States as LPNs, I think. Okay. Our LPNs are um, licensed practical nurses and they do like a like a year of schooling and it's, I think it's just like straight nursing stuff, but they can't okay. do their skills that they can't do that a registered nurse can do. Um, yeah. But it's, it's a very like fine line with them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It sounds similar to our guys. And then they're often um, still paired with an iron on shift so they can oversee um, right, clinical yeah. deterioration or, oversee the medications and things like that so okay yeah 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 um and then I guess like in our aged care settings there's a lot of patient care attendance so that's more of a short course um for general um patient care or resident care um and I believe that that takes about two months um to do as well so and yeah patient care attendance generally utilized mainly in aged care although we do have a lot of bedside attendants now um, coming into acute settings that uh, I guess like sitters for confused patients, patients at high falls risks, things like that. So, um, yeah, which has been really, really helpful. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds similar to what we have as CNAs. Do you guys have CNAs? Um, Not as such like... Yeah, not okay. Not that term. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> so weird how things are different there. Yeah, our CNAs yeah. kind of do a lot of our bedside care for us, uh, and then depending on like what, um, like where they are working, they do different tasks. You know, like um, like dementia care, like you said, they're sitting. You know, they can be one to one on a dementia patient, 
Um, in the ER, yeah. they do lab and EKGs, um, but I guess okay. it depends. But a lot yeah. of it is just like the normal ADLs of care, like bathing and um, toileting, stuff like that. So, Yeah, yeah, that's more what our PCAs are for. They um, don't really do any clinical stuff, yeah. Mm. Huh, very cool. Now, yeah. do you guys, where it's kind of similar, but there are differences, do you guys all um, have a nursing shortage in Australia like we do in the States? Yeah. Yep, yeah. Very much so. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I know, you know, like we've even struggled across our state um, even to get agency nurses. Oh, yeah. Um, we have that too. Yeah. So it wasn't that long ago that, you know, agency nursing was barely sought after um obviously with premium rates and people traveling it was you know it's it's quite appealing um mm. but yeah even yeah this year particularly we just haven't been able to attract any now why any do you think you guys have such well. a sh- uh, shortage in nursing over there mm. oh why sorry um like is there like know. Like I've sort of got my own theories about, yeah, um, yeah. Like I think with increasing workloads in nursing, it you know it, it's not an easy task. You've got to want to be super passionate to go into this profession. Um, so I don't know if people are just choosing, you know, to to not take that path yeah. purely for those reasons. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's a big. Um, I think being short staffed and overworked is a main yeah like just not we're not retaining our nurses that we have I think that's no a big that's problem. right which and I, into to us talking about being burnt out right yeah yeah Ex- exactly and I think that's one of the biggest things um is you know just picking up extras and as nurses we went into it with our hearts and so we're always going to, you know, not always going to, but often we just feel obligated to cover those shortfalls, pick up extras, work overtime. You know, so many of our staff do double shifts. Mm. Um, and because you just so, you know, we, we want our patients to be safe and we want our colleagues to be well supported. So we do those things. Right. And it's to our, to our own detriment in the end. So, um, yeah, I think it, being burnt out just really creeps in insidiously so you feel like you're doing a great thing because you're doing those things with all the values that you went into nursing with but it's ultimately what brings us undone as well yeah so Mm. um what is so you're a um a health coach on the side right yeah so do you do health coaching as a like a part-time job or do you do it more as a a hobby like how do you what what do you do for that yeah so um ultimately I I feel like I'll I'll backtrack a little bit because I feel like I started to get into health coaching because I was so burnt out and I was Mm. actually looking for a way out of nursing um and going through the health coaching program having my own health coach and then going on to do my life coaching certification as well. It really helped me to see where I wasn't taking responsibility for my own well-being at work as well. So I made some changes that has enabled me to stay in nursing in more of a healthy way. Um, so I do, I, I still nurse three days a week. Um, we've got three children as well. So that's what I've done for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but then yeah just adding in health coaching on the side and more recently focusing like I say more on nurses and emergency services um, health and well-being and making sure that they're really putting themselves at the top of the priority list and not ending up like I did because it's you know to know firsthand how it feels and how much it affects not just your work it infiltrates every area of your life yeah it does Um, so I think a lot of people can relate with that (laughs) yeah yeah and so I just you know I just it really breaks my heart to see nurses breaking down and leaving this profession and they're so confused because they know that they love it but they're also, you know, they're just so done. They're, they're so depleted that they can't see a way of being able to stay in this profession any longer. Mm. So mm. Um, for, for new nurses, I think, um, I think they have a hard time recognizing the signs of being burnt out and um, what they can do to manage them. What would you have to say, what would you tell someone who's brand new at nursing you know, I feel like when I was a new nurse, I was picking up a bunch of time. I, I didn't want to let yeah. my team down. I wanted to show them I was, you know, I could, I could work hard. I was a good worker. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that first year, I, I got so burnt out. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's the thing. We carry this old culture from nurses gone before us. And you know, we're still carrying it today that tells us that in order to be worthy of being a good nurse, we have to be seen as the team player and, you know, we have to be the one that picks up shifts and be available on all of our days off and say yes to the shift swaps when it doesn't really feel right for us. So Mm. we're wanting to please others and we're wanting to prove ourselves and, um, and also often nurses are sort of those high achievers and we self-criticise and set really unrealistic expectations of ourselves. So I think it's developing that that self-awareness is one of the first things right from the start. So, And then to prevent burnout in the first place. So setting some really healthy boundaries um, is probably the most, the most ultimate form of self-care that you can do. So just communicating really clearly with your manager uh, when you're available, when you're not available, what are your rostering practices, you know, setting out some really clear ways of being able to just say, I'm, I'm not available for that. Oh, I'm not available these days. And you don't have to give a reason. You don't have to feel guilt because as, as a nurse on the floor, it is not your responsibility to fill staffing gaps. That isn't a management responsibility. Your responsibility is to show up do the awesome job that you do as a nurse, be engaged with your patients, feel healthy and have the energy to do that while you're there. And rather than showing up when you're already depleted and burnt out and feeling cynical and and not even connected with your patients, and then you feel really crappy too because that's not how you want to be a nurse. Like no, none of us got into nursing to just go through the motions each shift. Mm. Yeah, I can totally relate to that for sure. Yeah. And then I, I think, think it took just, yeah, it took sorry. me a long time to learn how to say no, learn to tell yes. my manager I'm not available and not to feel the guilt about it. As a mm. new nurse, I felt so guilty about turning a shift down or, you know, saying no to one of my colleagues for a swift, uh, like you said, a, a shift swap that I just know in my gut that I couldn't handle because it was a, a four day stretch or, you know, a five day stretch, which is like, uh, you just you just can't do it you can't you can't take care of your patients it's 
not safe. And if you have to commute, yeah. you know, driving's not safe. So oh, yeah. yeah, I think that's the big yeah. key that I think new nurses should, um, you know, prepare for and let their managers know, like, it's okay to say no, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. So that was awesome. Those were great, um, great tips and whatnot. So what would you say to someone who maybe is not a new nurse, who's been nursing for a while, is having these signs of burnt at, burnt, um, being burnt out? Um, how would she, how would she manage that? I know you said you could go to the manager. What about like self self care tips, tricks, anything like yeah, that? Yeah, so so oftentimes we don't really even realize that we're burnt out, and I certainly didn't. Um, even though I had you know, lots of support around me, I was so pig headed and stubborn because you still are trying to live up to those same expectations that that led you to being burnt out and you don't want to let others down. You don't want to let your, your staff down and your patients down. Um, so I think just being really aware that if, if you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're really depleted and listening to your body, like listen to when you need rest, if you're feeling like sleep deprived. Um, I know I was getting like mouth ulcers, cold sores. I, I just became, I became physically sick and it wow, feels like you're yeah. trying to, yeah, and it feels like you're trying to run through peanut butter. Like everything just feels so heavy and so difficult, even the most simple tasks. Mm. Um, so if you're recognising or feeling any of those symptoms yourself, just to know that it's okay to take some time off um, or, you know, even just to really bump yourself up the priority list and say, okay, I'm actually going to cross off a heap of stuff off my calendar this week that I don't need to do. It's not essential and it's just going to make me more overwhelmed. So often it's just letting go of any extra crap that you don't really need in your life. So um, I stop saying yes to the extra uh, it might even be, you know, a few family commitments if, if they're always kind of asking you to go mm. for, for dinners or, it, you know, just sort of saying, look, I'm, I'm really feeling down right now. I just need some time out. Being, being really honest with your friends, taking lots of extra time, catch up on the sleep is essential. Eat some yes. good food. Like setting yourself up physically sets, your, sets yourself up for the best mental um, version of you. So... Yeah, just just really bumping yourself up the priority list, which is we're not used to doing as nurses as well. Um, and the big thing I think I want to say on that is that most well-being, um, I don't know what it's like for you guys in the States, but most well-being uh, programs or courses that I've seen for nurses all focus on their kind of catch cry is that you have to look after yourselves to be able to be a good nurse, you know, for your patients. Mm. But there's nothing wrong with looking after yourself for yourself, that right. you are worthy of self-care and worthy of feeling great and worthy of rest and rest restoration and having energy for the things that you love in your life, not just for your patients. Like that's, that is a payoff, yeah, but you are worthy of, of looking after yourself just for you. Yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, it's something, it's unfortunate. It's something that we have to learn how to do. You know what I mean? For people yes. that, you yeah. know, nurses, we're all about taking care of people and, and it's just crazy how we forget to take care of ourselves. Yeah. Our whole and day surround about taking care of others. And then last on the list is usually ourselves. 
yeah exactly yeah and I think often like particularly in Australia we have like this tall poppy syndrome so we don't want to be seen to be um you know egotistical or or putting ourselves first like that's seen as selfish and where Mm. it's it's not and you know selfish doesn't have to be a bad thing make selfish mean that you're actually taking ultimate responsibility for yourself because no one else can so right um but like you say it's, it's definitely not something that we're taught uh maybe not even as we're growing up and definitely not something that's taught in nursing school so yeah do you guys do um what kind of shifts are do you guys do in Australia cuz most of the nurses in the United States do the do 12 hour shifts 312s is that common in Australia as well Yeah so more in um the metropolitan hospitals so the bigger city hospitals they often do 12 hour shifts Yeah um I'm in a bit more of a regional hospital so we do um out early shifts so like 7 to 3:30 late shift is two to ten thirty and oh, then okay. um yeah night is like full time is night do like nine to seven thirty yeah. or part time is do ten to seven thirty. Yeah. I think and it's hard too with the shifts because we have those the eight hour shifts as well in some places they're kinda harder to find. But I found mm-hmm. when I did five eights, I was more burnt out than I did three twelves. Even though I'm okay. devoting my whole day to you know, my shift to my job, I, I had more days off. I had more time to relax. I had more time to take care of myself. Those five eights were killing me. Yeah. Yeah. And then you feel like you don't have any time off. <laughs> yeah. Mm. And then even just, yeah, we try to take time to like, you know, I need to go to the dentist. I need to make a doctor's appointment. Um, it's hard to take, you know, the time off during the week cause you have to work. And yeah, for me, I, I think I take better care of myself when I can do three twelves. Yeah. 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 That's cool. Mm. Makes total sense. Right. Um, Mm. So you also take, you also reach out to emergency services uh, professionals. Do you guys have, you must have like EMTs, paramedics. You probably, I don't know if you call them the same thing, but people that like ride the ambulances and stuff. Yeah, so um, like we have our normal ambulance officers um, and, yeah, paramedics um, and then we also have um, our, oh, I've got a mental blank, <laughs> like, like an advanced life support paramedic. Oh, okay. Um, my, a MICA paramedic, yeah. Um, and, you know, I see very similar um yeah, very similar challenges that they face. Mm. Uh, but but also, you know, they're exposed to a lot more trauma, That's, I guess. Yeah, I was on, just going to say that. They must, they must have, that must be hard, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, I, you know, I hear the word resilience bandied around a lot in healthcare. And I, my opinion is I tend to disagree with, with us having to be resilient. We didn't get into into healthcare to be hardened by it. Mm. Um, and I think that was one of the things I always saw, you know, even through my training, I could see nurses that had been there for a long time that had become hardened and sort of disconnected or, or distant from their patients. And I thought, I don't, I don't want to be like that. Why, you know, why should I have to be hard 
to be a good nurse or to maintain longevity in the profession, I still feel like we should be able to go in with our heart, but just to then on the flip side, be very aware of where we need to take care of ourselves. If you, you know, like, you know, trauma is kind of definitely out of my scope of practice as, as a health coach, but as long as I can pick up the signs and the help to refer somebody on to get, um, it might be to go and get some psychological help, some counselling, yeah. some further support to work through, you know, an actual trauma or, um, you know, certainly lots of incidents of post-traumatic stress disorder. So um, it's been really rewarding to be able to work with some of those people just to see, just even to be able to hold up the mirror to go, okay, this is what I'm seeing happening because they weren't aware of it because they got so good at kind of numbing themselves wow, out and pushing really? it down. Yeah. So yeah, what kind of yeah. signs were they? They weren't aware that they were having these, what were their symptoms like? Yeah. So um, I guess the main thing is like that real disconnect. So they, um, some, some people speak about, you know, feeling kind of numb, mm-hmm. um, you know, like consciously they know, yeah, they're, they're still kind of functioning and, you know, can, ha- can really have very intellectual conversations about it, but they had really disconnected from their bodies and how that trauma had affected them physically as well. So it was like it was still there. It, they just kind of pushed it down in a simmering way and it could come up any time, you know, whether it's watching news or um, hearing, you know, someone scream on a movie or whatever it yeah. might be. So recognising that there were some triggers that really made them recoil from those things. Um, so, yeah, I think that total, that real disconnect um, is one of the biggest things I saw. Mm. Yeah, wow, that's that's really sad, you know, because I work in the emergency room, so I work really closely with paramedics and mm. um, emergency services people. And they're absolutely wonderful. Um, you know, they're out on the roads, they're putting, they're in storms, they, they're going in people's houses that they don't know. You never know what you're going to yeah. walk into. Um, amazing. Yeah, they are. They are. It's just, I, it's too bad that there's not more people like you, you know what I mean? That are out there helping. Um, I, I feel like we need more support for uh, nurses and just like in, and any healthcare professional. Um, I think we get overlooked a lot and we, we go through a lot of things. We see a lot of things um, even just like when, even when you have patients die on you and even if they're on hospice and it's been expected, you can only deal with death so much, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And I think particularly if you're already stressed and and then you have a few of those things happen, you know, like I had a couple of really traumatic cases happen within a very short period of time and lots of deaths, I think, you know, like, and, and deaths in ICU, like, you know, six within six weeks or something, you know, it was, mm. and we're only quite a small unit. So it was, you know, by, by that last one, I was like, oh. I don't know how much more of this I can do, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, really recognising where, where your limits are and being able to step back and, and look at, you know, getting the support that you need, like whether it's a really trusted colleague because often it's really only other nurses that understand. Right. And that's mm. another thing I think we need to watch out for our, for our colleagues as well. 
Because oh, like you definitely. said, we might not recognize our own signs, but we may notice that our friend's not, you know, not quite the same as she was a, a month ago. Yeah. Or yeah. know that, you know, she's had three deaths in the last month and they were quite traumatic and yeah, watching out for yeah. your friends. Yeah. Yeah. And even little subtle changes. Um, I find, you know, the, the person that's normally positive and has, has, you know, sort of seems to have everything together and all of a sudden they look like they're frazzled, you know, not, not handling busy shifts as well. They might become a little bit more pessimistic or, you know, a bit more exasperated by staffing or start blaming, you know, management or blaming other nurses for things that they did or didn't do on each shift, you know, kind of watching out for those subtle subtle things that they're talking about can be a really big indicator that, that they're getting a bit depleted as well. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's really good. Um, so for new nurses coming on, to let's say they're touring a, a unit and um, looking for a new job, they just graduated. They're having an interview because I'm I'm kind of speaking of because I think I've had this when I've gone on to a unit and I'm like, this is a there's some big red flags. I don't think um, the staff are um, maybe the staff look burnt out. So do you have any? Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Advice for new grads when they're touring a unit and they're meeting with a manager. Is there any questions that they could ask that would lead them to think that maybe this isn't the right place for me? Yeah, sure. So um, I think some of the really subtle signs, again, just to, to observe, um, making sure like do staff have a good allocated break system? Mm. Does it seem that they're actually adhering to that and they're asked, uh, breaks prioritised for staff um, and just looking at how staff are with each other. Do they have a, that good team vibe? Are they smiling? Do they engage positively with each other, help each other out? Um, you know, are they interacting? How, like, how do they interact with the whole team? You know, they, they're working well with their doctors um, and listening. Is there like any cynical language or do they sort of come across a bit exasperated? Um, and then some of the things that you can ask specific nurses, like more like if you get the chance to shadow someone or be like supernumerary on a shift, mm -hmm. asking about what sort of support they get for, I think, you know, job satisfaction as a nurse and being autonomous is really important because um, often if we feel a bit stifled or stuck in our position, then we're not going to feel satisfied and we're going to feel stuck and um and that will lead to like that resentment in that position. So just mm. ch checking in with, do they um, get support within their department or their organisation to be able to develop their own projects for improvement or, you know, um, patient engagement projects, getting feedback from patients and being able to implement new things that help um, the, the patient experience while they're in hospital or families um, is that sort of thing encouraged and supported by their manager looking at their career progression opportunities and how much that's encouraged so study days and um, study leave support and things like that um, and then looking at like their roster request systems so looking at um, how much engagement do or how much say just staff get over their rostering 
Um, and I think leave is the big one. So making sure, you know, asking other staff, how is their leave usually mm. approved? You know, um, making sure that they do get to take their allocated leave. Is it offered regularly? Or, you know, um, so I know like my, my boss is amazing. She'll sort of recognise, she'll say, oh, look, you know, you haven't taken leave for a while. Um, make make sure that you book in at least a week somewhere just to Wow, to make that's sure awesome. That you, that's a yeah, great yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, very much. I'm super lucky. Um, and then, you know, is there a welfare or wellbeing support within the organisation? So whether it's, you know, sometimes there's like a simple referral system um, to like support for a couple of psychology visits. Um, mm. I know we've got like we've got a health coaching um, team as well. Um, so and also debriefing. Um, is that you know how how are they held is it like formal and informal kind of debriefs what sort of support are they getting after major incidences um and also big you know their their workload do they look like they're just completely under the pump and overwhelmed um yeah so asking those kind of really specific questions and yeah make those sure are that, you know those are awesome sorry. questions no no i was just saying i was thinking while you were saying that um I had a job, my first job, I, I absolutely loved it. I still miss it to this day, but I got so burnt out. And those things that you were just mentioning in a unit, this place didn't have. And it's, yeah. I, and I look at my job now, like we have the, um, we have a, a psychiatry available. We can have, I, there's like so many um, meetings that we can have being an employee. Um, we do debriefs, we do, um, like huddles, our health, our manager comes around and, um, she's, they're never like, uh, making us feel like we have to pick up a shift. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's fantastic. Yeah, it is. And that's, I really wish I would have known the, the signs when I, when I first graduated uh, nursing mm. school and got into the, my first job, even though I still miss it to this day, cause I really did love the job, but it, I just got so burnt out. And, um, a lot of those things that you said, we never no like managers never came to us. Um, it was at a prison. So we saw a lot of like really horrible things and yeah. I don't, our manager never came around and asked us how we were doing. Um, we would have our like mental health workers would come see us, but it'd be like immediately after the event. Um, like yeah. literally as we're, I'm still like documenting, um, they would ask me how I'm doing. And I'm at that time, you know, I still have um, adrenaline and I'm just typing away. I'm like, yeah, mm. yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. But those things don't really hit you till sometimes months later, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, like you were saying about taking time off, um, oh goodness. It was like a nightmare going into the manager's office to request time off. You know, your hands would get sweaty, your heart rate would get elevated because you knew she was going to turn you down. It was just a, it was just a really, it was a really rough work environment and they could really turn it around if they really wanted to. But yeah, those were all big red flags and the, like you were just listing them off and like, yeah, that place that I was working at, they didn't have that and they didn't have that. Um, yeah yeah and yeah and, I, and at the prison like correctional officers too they 
they deal with a lot of um, a lot of PTSD type things. It's a it can be a really you see a lot of things that people shouldn't see. You know. Yeah, exactly. And I think you know we we kind of the culture is that that's normal and this is your job. Deal with it. Become mm. more resilient. You know, work out a way to. Uh, to work around it but unless your environment is supporting that you're not going to get better in the same environment that's made you feel burnt out and it's traumatized you so um you know while i do advocate for nurses to try and help turn around the culture in their own unit also don't ever feel obligated to stay there if if it, if you can see that's not working for you either there's that's the beauty of nursing there's so many options for you to be able to recognize well, I'm, I'm worthy of, of stepping out of this and into an environment that's actually going to recognise my skills, recognise me as right. a human being that needs, that has other needs and has a life mm. um, and, and really values who you are. It's like you say, it's completely different, isn't it, to being a nurse in two different environments. Right. Yeah. Mm. My job, like you said, when you're walking the unit, I mean, people are, helping each other. We answer each other's call bells. We, you know, the doctors are amazing. And, um, it's like black and white with the the place I was at and it was just, everyone was burnt out. You know, we were grumpy and, um, we weren't giving good care because we were, we're, we were burnt out and we're working 16 hour shifts because we're getting mandated to stay late. And, you know, it was just, yeah. And I think it's important for new nurses to know, to know those signs and know it's okay to leave. It's okay to go find yeah. another job. It It's nursing. That's what's great about nursing is you can do a million different things. You can be per diem, part-time, full-time, travel. Yeah. You can do long-term care. You can do hospitals. You can do clinics. You can do, it's just like endless. So don't feel like you're stuck. Don't feel guilty that yeah. you want to leave. Yeah. Yeah, those exactly. Were awesome. Those were great. That's great advice. And I think too, um, you know, like when we become so burnt out or really apathetic and, and you've got no energy left, a lot of the other amazing things in our lives start to fall away as well. So, you know, like I noticed that I wasn't as engaged with my own children and I mm. stopped like I stopped a lot of my creative outlets. Like I stopped playing guitar and I stopped reading books and you know, all of those things that really lit me up and I just slowly withdrew from a lot of them and just it was like I was just hunkering down just in survival mode. So recognising that really um, having a creative outlet and it doesn't mean you have to go and take up painting, whether it's baking or fishing or whatever really, you know, gives you that mental downtime, mm. making sure that you prioritise that, like schedule that into your week as a sacred appointment that you cannot cancel because you'll always put something else first on the priority list over that otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Mm. That's, yeah. that's great. Um, do you have anything you want to add? Um, look, I, I think, you know, like my takeaway message is that I really just want nurses to know their worth exactly as they are that, and to not have to, feel as though you're looking after yourself just for the sake of your patients. Like look after yourself for you. Mm. Um, really, really put yourself at the top of the priority list. 
it's it's not selfish or if it is being selfish isn't a bad thing right um it's yeah yeah i think that's just my my key message for nurses yeah i and love stop, that you know no more guilt we don't need to we don't need to feel guilty because you you would tell your best friend to go and do that and you would not you you would not judge them for for putting themselves first when they're under really extenuating circumstances at work and they give so much of themselves at work so yeah yeah you're so right you're so true so where can people find you do you have your um what are your plugins yeah so i'm on facebook at soulful health coach um, and Instagram, um, so at soulful underscore health coach. So most active on those two platforms. Um, so can always message me. I currently I'm running, um, so 12 week one-on-one clients and starting to do some workshops, which are obviously local. <laughs> um, but I, I definitely <laughs> have, <laughs> you're welcome to come and do a, yeah. an Aussie trip. Uh, <laughs> I would love to go to Australia. Have, that would be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> My Talk about taking time to, off, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, my daughter's going to the States next year on exchange, so I might be coming to the States at some point. Oh, fun. Um, yeah, yeah. Do you know where uh, she's going yet or not yet? Yeah, she's going into Kansas. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so um, hopefully there's lots of people that I would love to come over and, and meet up with. So if we are over that way, I will be sure to look you up. So very cool. Yeah. Yeah. That'll yeah. be fun. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for sharing all your advice. Um, I, I'm really passionate about this because I went through it and I know so many others did. And I really hope that, you know, new nurses or if there's a nurse out there or emergency service person who are, who's feeling burnt down. They're like, these are, I'm having these signs. I'm having these symptoms that they have, um, you know, the courage to do something about it. And that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's it. Just don't go it alone. You know, we're, we're so, we're so stubborn as nurses. We think we can do it all because we do so much for others. I am. But don't, don't go it alone. Get some help, get some good friends around you, get some professional help. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for coming on and uh, maybe we can have you on again in the future. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me and, and allow me to try and get this message out to other nurses. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you everyone for tuning in today. Uh, please make sure you listen, subscribe and leave a five-star review. That'd be super helpful. Share with all your friends, nursing students, share with all your nursing student friends, nurses, tell all your nurses friends about it. Um, I have an awesome lineup the next couple weeks coming up. Um, so please stay tuned. Thank you guys very much.